0: Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode all about the three things you need to know before you launch something. Launch a new offer, a new digital product, and you are going to be hearing from one of my mastermind members, Melanie. And this episode is so, so, so good. Get out a pen and paper so you can Definitely take these things into consideration because I think some people think, I'm just gonna launch this new product and it's gonna be great and everybody's gonna buy it, but you really have to think through some things before you do it. And so I love the way Melanie breaks this down for you. You're going to love her. We love having her inside the mastermind. She always keeps us laughing. I'm so excited for you to hear all about her, her business, all of her genius behind launching things and her experience inside the mastermind. So let's go ahead, let's dive on in and go meet. Melanie. Desire. Let's dive on into the show. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to just take a moment to say where the heck did 2022 go? If you're feeling anything like me, you're like, where did this year go? I didn't get anything that I wanted accomplished, accomplish. And you are looking forward to a new year, new slate, new you. My husband is probably secretly laughing over the fact that I use that cliche saying, but it is so true. There is something about a new year starting where you feel so energized and motivated to tackle the year strong, to have all those goals and all those things that you set for yourself for the previous year really come to life. But my, question to you is is anything different from where you were last year what is going to be the thing that's actually going to make it so that your goals don't just collect dust in your notebook, on your journals, and actually come to life. I am so excited to share that the doors to the CEO Society Mastermind are officially open again, and we are accepting applications for our winter 2023 cohort. I launched this mastermind in July of 2022, and I was so excited to bring this type of container to my community and let me tell you, I have been blown away by the results that the women inside of this round of the mastermind are achieving. And I have just been so humbled and honored to walk alongside them and to share in their successes and their wins. We have seen so much growth come out of just a few short months of working together and we still have some time left together but I am so excited to offer this opportunity to you if you are somebody who is looking for not only the momentum and the strategy and the action plans to make your goals come to life but you really want to have a solid community around you to support you hold you accountable and to make sure that it actually happens and it's not just something that you'll say next year well I wish I would have done this then I invite you to apply to be a part of the C. CEO Society Mastermind. This has become one of my favorite programs to launch and to have people come inside because we keep it super tight-knit, super exclusive so that we can actually get under the hood of each person's business, that you don't feel like you're just a number, that you're just a part of another course, that nobody cares about the success of your business. I truly, truly Pour my heart and soul into this because I want success for you. I want you to make your goals a reality just as much, if not more, than you do. The women that we had a part of the previous round are just blowing my mind With the results that they've had and I know the impact that this will continue to have on their business even after the fact and I know that this is something that I would be remiss if I didn't invite you to apply so if you have been looking for a way to grow and scale your business but you're not really sure what to do you feel like you don't know what to do when it comes to raising your rates to refining your packages to launching any passive products for your business so that you can not work all the hours if you want those solid foundation system so that your business can work in the background and you can actually shut down your laptop at the end of the day and feel like your business is going to survive and thrive, then you need to apply to be a part of the CEO Society Mastermind. This is application only and we are accepting applications through the middle of January. So I would encourage you to apply now because once our spots fill up, those spots are gone. We do not keep this open for everybody to come into. We keep this small and once spots are filled, we are going to shut down. the doors and not accept any more applications. I had so many people who were bummed that they missed out on the last round and they wanted to make sure that they joined. So we have people who are already applying. So I would not delay. You can go check out all the information on what's included in the mastermind, who it's for, if this is a right fit for you, and then you can apply as well. So head to aubreymalek.com forward slash CEO society mastermind That's all one word, and I will link it in the show notes for you as well. But if you feel like this is a right fit, if you have been waiting for the doors to open and you want to apply, just head to aubreymalik.com forward slash apply and you just fill out that quick form. And then we will get back to you within 24 to 48 hours to take those next steps to see if this is a right fit for you. If you have been looking for a sign, if you have been looking for a chance to grow and scale your business, definitely apply. I am so excited to welcome all the new members inside and to really kick off the year 2023 with a bang inside of our CEO Society Mastermind. All right, let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey, Melanie, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on today.
1: Thanks. I am super excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, so I want to give everyone a chance to get to know a little bit more about you, your business, your
1: family. Give us all the juicy details about Melanie. Um, Well, I have been doing freelancing now for, I just actually celebrated my two year business anniversary this past weekend. So this is kind of good timing. (laughs) Um, I am a former teacher, I taught high school for 12 years. Um, And then I ended up starting a freelancing business at the end of 2020, dropped down to teaching part-time. And then eventually uh, this is my first full year out of the classroom and I'm loving being home and being more flexible. I have two little girls. um, So it's been great to be able to spend more time with them.
0: Yeah. I I actually, you know, it's really interesting. So some people will talk about that. I I. In my mind, I think about like that transition of like, well, maybe I'll start doing this side hustle if it's doing well. Maybe I'll instead of just completely quitting my full time job, like I'll go part time. I honestly never thought that was an option with teaching. How did that end up working? I like I, nobody, I never saw anybody within the schools that I worked in just like working part time. So how did that work for you when you made that transition?
1: Um, really easily, actually. My so. I feel sometimes I feel like almost silly for having left teaching. Um, I'm in such a, I'm located in Northern Virginia outside of Washington, DC. And I worked in a great school district, amazing principal, amazing students, like just, I mean, really the best. And my principal and district are just super flexible and allow and really value, you know, family first. Um, So it's just something that if you can ask for it, Myself and another, uh, my youngest was born in March of 2021, and I had a teammate who had a little girl in April of 2021, and she was in my department, and he just let us split the position. So we, I did 60 or I did 40 percent, she did 60 percent of the position, and we just did that all last year, and he just allowed us to split it. Wow. That's kind of, (laughs) it kind of worked out. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you would, and that is some, I mean, if you're thinking about like, you're not sure if you want to leave, you know, teaching or any, any job really, I mean, just ask. Worst I can say is no, you're, you're insane for asking that, but like, that's not what they said to us. So it worked out.
0: So I want to touch on something else that you talked about too, which was the fact that you're like, I, I, had all the right situation. Like I had the great school, the great principal, like you you hear a lot of people like, and I, what I have been hearing lately, um, it's a combination of things, but one of the, uh, like things that seems to bleed through the most is like the toxic work environment and not no support from admin. So you had all the right situation going on. What was it that still pushed you to want to step away from that?
1: Yeah, I I really I mean I had it. If I ever go back to teaching someday, I mean maybe when my girls are older, maybe um, it, I would 100% want to go back to the same school that I left. Um, what pushed me, I think, is just the flexibility. I mean, you're a former teacher, you get it. If your kids are sick, it's a huge pain to, you know, call a call a sub and leave plans and figure out what you're gonna do um or if you're sick, you know, same kind of deal. So just like having the flexibility to kind of schedule your life around your your kids and what you want to do was a major selling point for me because I mean, part-time did allow that. I with my schedule, it was awesome. I only worked every other day. We're on a block AB schedule. So I just worked B days, so I would work Tuesday, Thursday one week and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday the next week but I mean, it was part-time teacher pay. (laughs) So, you know, it's, I made 40% of my teacher salary, which was good outside of Washington, DC. But I mean, you know, I still had, I taught two different classes. So I still had to prep for two different, um, you know, the two different classes that I taught. So it was almost as much work as full-time teaching. I was just physically there less and I had less to grade, but it was really the flexibility for me.
0: Yeah, and then now that you've made that transition, what feelings do you have around that? I think I think it's important. Like obviously, we hear people, and I was I've been talking about this in the other interviews that we've been doing this week about like it. It has been really great, right? The, the flexibility, um, being there for our kids, like not having to worry about subplants, not having to feel like I got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning when I'm deathly sick to put something together so that my students can have at least something to keep them on track, working towards like what our goals are. Um, But now that you've made that transition to full-time business owner, um, how has that been for you? Have you experienced any feelings of like, and I'm sure we all do this, right? Like there's ups and downs within entrepreneurship, but as you've made that transition to full-time business owner, is it what you thought it would be? Um, I'd love for you just to share that perspective too, because I, I don't want to always just highlight the great things like, yes, freedom, flexibility, like you get to, you're in charge of your income and all that stuff. Like I think it's important to shed light on, yeah, that is really great, but there's also ups and downs that come with it too.
1: For sure. And I'm not really the, I'm a, I mean, you probably know this about me from being around me for the last four months, multiple times a week. I am a pretty cautious person. Like, I know some, you know, some guests that you've had on on the podcast in the past have just been like, you know, whoa, I did it. I You quit my full-time job as soon as I, like, got enough clients to pay the bills. And I, you know, just ditched it and went for it. Like, that's not me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, with a teacher's salary or, you know, with, like, any job that you have, it's guaranteed income. And, I mean, since you and I have worked together. I What? I've lost, I let go of two clients, picked up two more. I mean, project work has picked up, but it's, I mean, it's definitely a little nerve wracking, you know, not having like, oh, this is, and I think you literally just said this on the podcast episode from Monday, like you knew as a teacher and in some other positions too, like how much money you were going to make when you've retired, you know what I mean? Like each step had a certain, you know, like there was no question. Um, so that's one thing just, I mean, not having in like guaranteed income stability, like you might in other professions. And then also, I mean, me personally, I have a tendency to be a little bit of a workaholic. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I left the classroom for more flexibility, but it's really easy to take on too much or like more than you feel like you might be able to handle um, right off the bat. And so like just kind of perfecting that balance has been a challenge, I think, for me over the the last two years.
0: Yeah. And that's something that we've definitely worked on to help you find a little bit more of that balance, because it it's true if you have the hours in the day, or even if you're, if you don't have the hours in the day, like you will try to find ways to fill that in, to just make sure that you, you are feeling like I am doing what I need to do in order to provide for my family. But um, we've definitely been working on some ways for you specifically to have a little bit more of that balance, but also to have the offers that will offset that feeling of like, well, I don't have to be working all these hours in order to make this income that feels really good for my family. So I want to talk about what it was that made you decide on the service that you are offering now, or like even talking us through that progression of what that was going to be when you stepped into freelancing. Because I think for teachers, even though like, if you really look at it, we have so many skills across so many different areas of all the balls that we are juggling. Like we can do a lot of things and we don't give ourselves that credit probably because we're so used to people not really acknowledging all the things that we do. Um, but what was it for you that helped you to land where you are now with the services that you offer?
1: Well, I think that that is an important thing to think about as well. Like it doesn't just happen overnight. Um, especially if you're like myself, a little bit more cautious like sure it can it can happen overnight um almost, and hard work definitely plays a huge role in how how fast you're going to grow hard work and I would say maybe a little bit of luck in being at the right place at the right time and you know knowing the right people, but I started originally in customer service, like just a sort of a general virtual assistant, just going to, I'll do anything. Um, and I feel like that's kind of how I got to where I am. Just, you know, using the grit, I guess, for lack of a better word, and just knowing that like I can figure this out. Like there's YouTube, there's Google, there's resources. You can basically figure Everything is figure outable. That's a word I just made up, I guess. <laughs> but it's a book too. <laughs> it's a book, it's a Marie, book. Forleo. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Marie Forleo. Yeah, yeah. Marie Forleo.
1: It's a really good book. <laughs> I should read that. Um, so I started. I started as a customer service virtual assistant. I did things in social media, um, which I didn't really love. But the client that I was working with at the time was also launching uh, a course, and since I was her customer assistant, virtual assistant, customer support virtual assistant at the time, um, I was kind of thrown into that my very first week on the job. So I very quickly, I guess, figured out what I did like and what I didn't like. And one of my favorite things um, about what I do now, because primarily what people seem to be, um, what am I trying to say, hiring me hiring me for is launch management. So people who are trying to launch courses or memberships and the skill that I feel like I'm mostly using from my teaching background, but it's also just like always been a part of me is backwards planning. So, you know, you have a end date in mind. This is when you want to release your course, your membership your whatever to the the world and then planning backwards and seeing all the little details um, and steps that you need to take in order to get there. And that's just, I mean, that's just always been a part of me. Like when my friends get married, Melanie, can you help me plan the bridal shower? Can you help me plan the baby shower? We're going on a trip. Well, let's ask Melanie to create an itinerary because she'll create one and, you know, look at all the details of when things are open and how to get places. So, I think the most important thing is Try a bunch of different stuff, but do what feels natural and do like what comes naturally to you. I don't really like social media. Like, I show up because you have to sort of to a degree um, as an online business owner. But when I was doing social media management, I kind of hated it. Like, I don't like coming up with things to say. Um, So I feel like my best advice is try a bunch of different things and do what you like. And don't try and force what you don't. Mm-hmm. I was the same way. I that I started
0: out with like just general VA and social media management, not because like I really loved social media, but it was just like, I feel somewhat confident in my abilities to be able to create a post and post it. Like I, I know I can do that. And I think you're right about sometimes it is that trial and error, but oftentimes, and I think probably for you, even in that, like when you were trying to decide on this, the things that come natural to us or things that are strengths of ours. We don't always look at them in that way because it's just a natural thing. It's, and we we almost think like everybody, doesn't everybody do it this way? And doesn't everybody look at all these different things in order to plan something? Um, so like I, I always tell people like, ask, ask others around you, like what are, what are my strengths? And then it, it doesn't, it's not always the most easiest correlation. Like thinking about like backwards planning, like that being a strength of yours, you might not have thought, okay, like backwards planning is going to be really great for launch management. But once you start getting involved in the online space and starting to like almost inundate yourself with like what is there to offer, you might be able to make those correlations. Um, but it's so true. Like that is something that we do as teachers. Like here's when the test is, So what do I have to, you know, like what are the things, the concepts that have to happen and in what order and by what date and what do they need to know in order to make it to this test date or whatever it is and to have that, have them do well. So the same thing with launching. So I love that you made that correlation and that you have that strength and that talent because your clients love the work that you do and how you're able to support them. So I want to dive a little bit into launching because I think a lot of people who might be listening to this podcast might be at that place where they've been in business for a while and they're like, you know, I'm thinking about what that next step might be for me. Or maybe I've been toying around with the idea of launching a course, um, Talk to us a little bit about the process before the, that launch even happens. Like, what things do we need to know? Because it's not as simple as being like, oh, I want to launch this course. Great. I'm going to do it on this date. There's a lot of planning, like you had mentioned, that goes into that to make sure that that launch is a little less stressful and more successful than if you just
1: threw it out into the world and said like, hey, this is now available for you. Yeah, it. It seems simple, and I mean, launching doesn't have to be hard. So I think let's also maybe start with that because, um, you know, as you and I have talked over the last couple months, I mean, I know how much you love launching, <laughs> not, but you know, it doesn't. The more you do it, the easier it gets, and the first one will always be just, you know, the most work, the most setup. If you're doing a course. Um, of course you have to figure out what it's about, record it, you know, come up with all of, of the deliverables and over the last, I guess, I mean, really I have been helping with launches for, for two years and have probably done at this point, 12 to 15 of them. Um, you really, I guess, want to make sure that you are putting out something in the world that people actually want. I mean that sounds bad, but you might have a great idea, right? And you're like, "Oh, everyone's going to buy this. It's going to be amazing." But just because you put it out doesn't mean it's the the saying "Build it and they will come" does not apply to launching a course. I feel like um, you can build part of it and then see if they if see if they want to come visit <laughs> and want to come. <laughs> but you definitely want to make sure that. Not only, right, everybody always talks about having your ideal client for your business, right? Who's your ideal audience? Who do you serve? And you should definitely have that. But then you also kind of need to take it a step further and think about, like, who is your ideal client or customer or student or whatever um, for this product or offer? Because you might serve teachers, for example, that's just like most of my experience, you might serve teachers in kindergarten through third grade. But if you're coming up with a course, for example, to help teachers in kindergarten through third grade, like what is the problem that they have that you're trying to solve? Mm -hmm. So, because kindergarten teachers through third grade teachers, I mean, that's a lot of different, that's a lot of different things that could be, right? Like they could have behavior issues or, Um, maybe they, you're thinking about flexible seating. Like there's a lot of different, just because your audience and your ideal client is a certain person, you need to take it a step further and think about like for this course offer product, like what is your ideal client even more specifically for that course? Um, and then if their problem doesn't get solved, right, what are some other sort of issues that they might have surrounding surrounding their problem not getting solved. So, let's use behavior management for an example. If we're talking you want to help kindergarten through 3rd grade teachers manage their classrooms in a more effective way. All right, great. So that's like your problem, but then think about like if that problem doesn't get solved, right? There might be loss of learning, You might experience teacher burnout, you might have problems with administration, you might have angry parents, right? So there's a lot of, you want to kind of extrapolate um, to kind of all encompass like what your particular course might solve. So it's just a little bit more about like making sure that you validate your offer or course before you just create it and put it out in the world, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Cause I've been there and I've done that. And I was like, this is, I mean, the first course that I put out into the world. I mean, it was like a mini course. It really wasn't anything, but it was all about like productivity and, and the content was good. And it's not like it wouldn't solve a problem, but that is not what my audience wanted from me. Like, that's what I thought they wanted. I'm like, they want to know how to be more productive. No, they didn't. They wanted to know how to do the thing that I did. Like they were like, Can you teach me how to start a business? And so I put this out into the world. And of course, like I did not have a big audience. And I think like that is like the one like small differentiating factor with somebody who's like, oh, like the launch it and they will come thing is like if you already have a well-established like large audience, there are people out there who have hundreds of thousands of followers that they could put out like anything and it will sell just because people like have that loyal loyalty to them. But for a lot of us, small business owners working on growing that audience and coming from like not having an already established audience in the thing that we want to start either teaching about or selling products or courses about, it really starts with that and getting clear on those things. And I love how you even took it a step farther. It's like, take your, take your audience. And then like for this particular thing that you're going to launch, like what, is that almost smaller audience and then their problems. And then like, what are the other contributing factors or other things that could happen if that problem doesn't get solved? Because I think even for that, like for me thinking about that, like that becomes a lot of your sales language that you're talking about, right? Like they're in their mind, they're only necessarily thinking about that behavior management issue, but then it's like, oh shoot. Yeah, you're right. Like it is going to affect all these other areas if I don't solve this one problem. So it's almost going to bring things to the forefront for them of reasons why they need to buy
1: that course from you even more. Right. And just thinking about like the specific, you know, audience of, of whose problem you're going to solve. It's I think sometimes people also when launching a course or a product or, you know, want to be all the things to all the people in their audience, but like, you can't be, you can't make one Product or course that is going to solve all of the problems of your audience. So you got to start small and be specific about what you want to to help with. Because, like you said just a minute ago, that is also going to help with, yeah, like your sales page and your marketing. Um, if you really get to the root of what problem you want to solve and what other issues you know might come with it if if their problem isn't isn't solved. So you feel like. So people feel like you're kind of like in their heads about what they're thinking.
0: Right. And I think that's why, especially like this is such a great service for people to offer Before, I mean, I know you work already with a lot of educators who probably do have that background on curriculum and on how to break down those concepts so that they do make sense. But a lot of people who are putting out online courses have never gone through any type of curriculum training or anything like that. So it's probably hard for them to like – they think, oh, I have to like throw everything in the kitchen sink into this course when really you can take a lot out, pull a lot out of that because for a lot of people, for new concepts for them, they they need it to be almost – like broken down into kindergarten language for somebody, for it to make sense. And for a lot of people who don't have, who don't come from that education background, that's a hard thing for them to like understand, like, well, how do I actually present this in a way that makes sense um, for people to want to, to, or to see like, this is something that they need. Because if you overwhelm them with all this information, they're going to be like, I don't, I don't know if I need all that. Like, that doesn't feel like the right fit for me to want to buy.
1: Right, like that is too much. There's no way um, that I can absorb all that information. Yeah, so it's kind of like finding a, a sweet spot because I mean, you can make more than one course, right? Or you can make more than one mm-hmm. product if your audience, you know, has multiple things that they that they might need help with, or need your support with, or need solved. So there, you, you don't have to try and squeeze everything into one one course, um, or one offer. And then the other thing to kind of think about when you're crafting your offer, your course is what sort of like objections are people going to come back at you with? Right. So if you think about like back to the example that we used earlier about behavior management in classrooms, um, kindergarten through third grade, well, you know, think about like, what are those teachers going to say? Well, I've tried everything. Like I've tried mm-hmm. the reward system; it didn't work. I tried ignoring the behavior; it didn't work. So you need to also, when you're thinking about your offer and your course, kind of anticipate like the anticipate the naysayers. <laughs> anticipate people who are like, what are people going to say to you um, when when you know you put out like, hey, here's my ideas, here's my course, here's how I think it can help you. What are the naysayers going? to, to tell you, um, and like, what are they going to say when they tell you, you know, it can't be done. So you want to have some kind of answers ready about how your course, your offer is different, um, and why it could work for them when other things that they've tried before haven't.
0: Yeah, that's so it's, and it's good to like, cause you are going to get those, those, those comments, you are going to get those things. So it's almost better like to just to prepare them and to know because then you're going to be able to knock down those objections and open your potential audience eye to, hey, this actually might work or this is why it's different than everything I've tried. Um, I think being over prepared with that is helpful because of course, anytime you put something out into the world, there's a fear around like, well, what if nobody buys this? And it's like, well, I have like the reasons why they should buy this. I have um examples of and ways to answer their objections so almost doing that i love that you're saying like do this all before putting it out into the world so that you feel really confident in your offer too because when you look at that stuff on paper and you have that it's like wow like this is something really valuable and this is really going to help them and these are the reasons why
1: yes yeah and it's just i mean it'll help you feel more confident i guess um before you put it out kind of i mean Here's the bad news. With a launch, like something's always going to go wrong and something's always going to be like, oh man, I didn't really think that that was going to happen. But if you can preemptively plan as much as possible um, and anticipate questions that you might get, it'll just make you feel a lot more confident going out kind of into and putting your product, your course, your offer out into the world if you can anticipate um, some of the issues ahead of time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I will be, I will attest to this. There will be always something that will go wrong, whether or not it's just something that, you know, behind the scenes is going wrong and nobody else knows, or the flip side, which is the hard, cold truth of people on the outside, knowing that things are going wrong. And you also feeling like you want to just curl up in a ball in a corner and cry yourself
1: to sleep. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Something, whether it's convert kit or you know your email provider just having a like a blackout phase or anything yeah any things always happen
0: yeah okay so you mentioned figuring out that almost like niche down version of your audience figuring out the problem that they have and then thinking ahead to what some of those objections might be and your responses to that. Is there anything else that you would say is kind of like a key thing? I mean, launching something there. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, which is why Melanie is here to help you through that process if you are thinking about doing it, which we will get into in just a minute. But is there anything else that you would say if you're thinking about launching something digitally, a course, that you want to make sure that you think of before you just put this out into the world?
1: And then I feel like the final thing that I would say is just make sure that you're giving yourself enough lead time, um, your to get everything sort of planned out, so you don't necessarily feel as stressed out as you might, you know, otherwise. So, you, you, I don't want to say it's impossible to just say, "Oh, I'm going to launch a course next week." I mean, I'm sure people have done it, but it's best to kind of give yourself hopefully one to three months, depending on, you know, the size of your offer course, all that stuff. But I would definitely just give yourself enough time to do the little bit of market research, make sure that you can answer um, the questions, right, about who specifically is this course for, what other sort of bad things might happen to my customer if like their problem's not solved. And then, you know, just thinking about the possible objections that they could come, come back at you with. And if you have all that planned out and kind of thought through, it'll make a lot of things easier. It'll make writing your sales page a lot easier. It'll make interacting on social media with potential um, students a lot easier. So just give yourself enough lead time to make sure that it's not super rushed and it'll just make it more stressful if it's super rushed.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I've been there, done that, and every time like we look at things, we're like, okay, how can we start pushing this back? How can we start planning for this even sooner to take some of that pressure off of our team? And then, you know, for anybody who's listening, like if you are kind of doing this solo, you don't have a big team to speak of. Like you, you almost want to factor in that extra time too. If you are the one that's doing all the things coming up with all the emails and the sales page and, and planning out all the content. And also this is a thing that I don't think people even think about is showing up online throughout that time period. It takes a ton, ton, ton of energy to show up online during the launch that in and of itself is a job. So, giving yourself that time planning that all out so that during the actual launch time when you are officially putting this out into the world, you feel like you have the energy energy to show up so that you're not d- still feeling like I'm putting out all these fires and I'm still like working on the sales page and I'm still working on the emails. Definitely give yourself even a little bit of added room if you are doing this as a solo.
1: Yeah. So if you're if you're launching by yourself, I mean, well, even if you're not launching by yourself, if you're launching with a team, ideally, you're hopefully not doing anything or building anything, I should say. You're doing things, but you're hopefully not building anything um, the week of launch. You're just showing up, being present with your audience. Um, if you're enrolling in a course, you're you know, focusing on welcoming your new students, because also, and this is just like a little mini soapbox moment, the last thing you want to do, right, is have somebody pay $197 or whatever, $997 for your course. And then, you know, they come into your Facebook group or, you know, your membership area, and then there's no interaction, right? (laughs) That would be the worst, because I mean, they're, you know, your students, your clients. So hopefully With this large amount of lead time, um, when you go to launch, you can just focus on showing up for your new students and your uh, prospective students during that particular launch week, and not worried about like building sales pages or writing emails or anything like that.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. That's it's and and the nice thing is, which I think is really a great lead into what we're gonna talk about next, is if you feel like I'm doing this all by myself, but I would love some support or guidance in this, or this is my first time putting this together and I I want to do it the right way. I mean, I think there definitely is beauty in, in doing something and learning from that and gaining knowledge in that. But if you're somebody who's like, I don't have people who already have background in launch support, like Melanie is the person that can definitely help you through that. And that is what we have been working on inside the mastermind is really figuring out what is going to be this great offer that Melanie has for people who want to launch. So I want to dive into that, into what you support your clients with, with your launch packages.
1: Yeah. So I have two launch packages currently. Um, One is more like the kind of backwards planning done for you. So we get on a call, we talk about your course, your membership. um, And then I put like the entire launch plan together for you. And then you, just you, or you and your team can implement it. So comes with email templates, social media guidance, um, and like scheduling guidance, um, and really like that strategy. And then the other launch package I have is more like full launch implementation meaning I basically come on your team for usually two to three months and do all the same things so launch strategy, help you uh, write emails content all that good stuff but then I also manage your team and the moving pieces of your launch for those two to three months um, that I'm that I'm on the team with you and I'm there for launch week the debrief, All of that good stuff. So it's you bring me on for a couple months as a temporary team member.
0: Yeah, and I love that you have those two options to help people whether they don't have a team currently or they do. There, you kind of have something to offer each one of them, no matter where they're at, and if they're looking to launch something. So it's been so great to see this come to life because you and I have been working together inside of the mastermind for the past couple months, Um, and this has been like a big thing that we have brought to life for you, but also a a couple other things that you had mentioned in the beginning when you and I first got connected of things that you were struggling with, things that were, um, really kind of a sore point in your business. Um, so what has been your experience like inside the mastermind in watching over the past couple months, the, the evolution of your business?
1: I, think that the mastermind has provided like such a great space of collaboration with other online business owners. I mean, right. So like we talked about earlier, how I used to be a teacher. So I saw a million people, not a million, but I saw a lot of people every day, right? I was seeing literally cause I taught high school. So I was seeing upwards of 150 different people every day. So being a freelancer, I love my children, but (laughs) I only really see my kids and my husband and my mom who helps out with my kids um, every day. So it's just been so nice to be with other like-minded people um, who are going through the same thing and having people to bounce ideas off of and ask questions like, well, you know, have you thought of this? Have you tried this? What if we did this instead? That's just been like a super helpful collaborative experience.
0: Yeah, I've said this on because that's been a lot of uh, anybody that we've done the podcast interview with from the mastermind that has been like their big thing. And I always like I, you know, Chelsea and I talk about this all the time. I'm like, I don't know how this happened, like how the perfect group of people came together, because sometimes you might think, well, like what, you know, with all of us doing different things, like how is this all going to mesh and different personalities and a lot of people not knowing each other prior and at different stages of their business, like how is this all going to work? And it somehow magically came together in the most beautiful way where it has been just so inspiring really to watch this, the group come together, show up for each other, support each other, help each other, give encouragement, give a kick in the pants when we all need it. Like it's, it's been so exciting to be a part of even, you know, for my business, like watching all of you come together and way that you are showing up for yourself and showing up for each other and putting in the work. It's inspiring to me to remind me, like I, you know, I have to keep going because look at what the, the women inside the mastermind are doing, like you have to, you know, hold yourself accountable too. So it's just been, it's been so great to see. And somehow it magically came together in a way where we all just gelled together so nicely.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. It feels like I've known you guys for a really long time, (laughs) which is crazy because it's only been a couple months and I'm super looking forward to the retreat um, for many reasons, but I'm super looking forward to, to that.
0: Yeah, I so I, I who was I? Ta- I feel like maybe I was into to Allison, and I'm like, it's it's literally going to be like friends getting together for a sleepover that they like have been dying to do for years. Like that's how it's going to feel when we all get together. I don't feel like there will be any awkward moments or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure there's like some anticipation leading into it and wanting it. I know for me, putting it on, wanting it to all come together. But I I have no doubts that it will just be an amazing weekend. Yeah, I'm super excited for it. Um, so as we start to wrap this up, I just want to have you because I, I think you bring so much wisdom and being that cautious person. Um, and really, like I, I honestly did not get that feel from you. I mean, I think you definitely think things through, but I think you you know when something is the right move to do in your business, and you're not afraid to say like, this is that next step, and even though it's scary, I know I have to take that leap into the unknown in order for things to happen for me. So if somebody is thinking about joining the mastermind, is curious about this opportunity, what would you say to them? If they are that cautious person or they're a little bit hesitant about what this could do for their business, what would you say to them?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, joining a mastermind and I'd been, I mean, you and I had talked over the summer like off and on. I think before you even launched this and you were like, well, I feel like I have something that you're that you're you know, going to be interested in, I was like, I don't know, a mastermind. Like what even what even is that? Bunch of people talking <laughs> on Zoom. Um <laughs> but like I don't know. You just if you think that it's right for you, it probably is. So if you're having like hesitation and you're not sure, I mean, if you even are curious about if this is the right fit, like it likely is the right fit. So I would just say like hop on a call with, I don't know if you're doing that. So I'm now volunteering you for things, but you know, send (laughs) Aubrey a message. Um, She's super responsive on Instagram. I'm sure she'd be happy to hop on a call with you, right? I think it was part of the interview process. Yes, yes, we do. Yeah, we do the calls. (laughs) Right. I forgot. It came came back to me now, but um, hop on a call. And if you think it's the right thing, it probably is. Don't let like, doubt that is unfounded, holds you back and go with your gut feeling always in business and life. Yes. 100%. Well,
0: this has been great. You always keep you. I mean, you keep the whole mastermind group laughing with your sense of humor. So no doubt that this has been such a fun episode for people to listen to. I want to give you a chance to let everybody know where they can come connect with you, learn more about you. And then I'm really excited for you to share about this launch freebie that will help people if they are thinking
1: about launching something soon. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, So I hang out mostly on Instagram, which I'm sure they will all put, Aubrey will put in the show notes, but um, at Duxbury Digital. And I also have a launch checklist freebie that kind of breaks down what you should do three months out from launch, two months out from launch, the month of launch, launch week, and then after. Um, so you can download that at bit.ly slash launch freebie, and that will also be in the show notes for you.
0: Yes, I we checked this freebie out just the other day on our call, and it is worth its weight in gold. It's almost one of those things where it's like, I can't believe you're giving this all away for free because it is so informative and it really breaks it down for you to feel like you can, I know launching can feel really big and scary and I don't even know where to start. So this is going to be a really great place for you to get that breakdown of what you need to do, what you need to create. Um, yeah, Melanie's personality shines through in there because that's just who she is. Um, and then to learn more about like, If I need that additional support that Melanie can be that one to guide you through that process. So thank you so much for coming on today, Melanie. This has been so great, so helpful. Um, I love hearing from you and being able to have this to be a place for you to share your expertise on all things launching. So thank you again for coming on the
1: podcast today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Aubrey. It was so much fun.